What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 130 of Two Black Nerds. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that. Love y'all. And let's not forget to mention, we have brand new merchandise that's available now at twoblacknerds.com. Go check out our Nerds of Thunder collection inspired by Thor Love and Thunder. We got t-shirts, crewneck city stickers, mugs, and tote bags. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we're reviewing the season finale of Marvel Studios' Miss Marvel. As usual, we'll be breaking down the episode with a spoiler-filled recap of the characters, big moments, and the incredibly significant reveals from this week's closing chapter. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this podcast with our general thoughts and impressions about the finale. So last week's episode was a little disappointing for, I think, both of us after we saw it. It was something that took a little bit of a different turn from the vibrant tone that we were introduced to in the initial episodes with this series. It really focused on exploring a lot of the backstory, a lot of the history with Kamala's great-grandmother, especially in terms of revealing secrets with the relationship between her and Najma. And so Mm -hmm. that was a lot of setup. There was a lot of exposition that had to be provided to us. And then also the villains were kind of wiped out of the story. They were taken off of the table and it left us a little bit confused about the direction of what this episode was going to be and how they were going to wrap up all of this stuff. But we now officially have it. We now know exactly how this season concluded. But before we talk about spoilers, before we get into the nitty gritty and get into all the details, I'll pass mm-hmm. it to you, man. What were your general thoughts and impressions about the season finale of Ms. Marvel? Yeah, man, everything you said was completely true um, about about episode five. And I think this this episode definitely takes a turn for the better. From what we've seen last week, I don't think it matches up to those first three episodes still, but I definitely think it, it, it would be right next to them in terms of uh, uh, mainly because it brings a lot of those things that we were missing back, to be honest. Uh, it is it's very clear that we're back in the States. We're back in New Jersey in this episode. And then again, a, a, a lot of those uh, uh, small town kind of Miss Marvel things that we liked in those first episodes are, are, are back here. But unfortunately... There's there there was a lot of work that was rushed, I feel like, for them to kind of get back in the swing of things after being apart for so long. So a lot of a lot of the things in the last episode that I feel like could have used a little more time did feel um, um, rushed in that sense. Uh, This this episode also by the end of it is very obvious that the 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 villains in this series are underwhelming (laughs) um that's also a a a thing that's happening but um i think there was a ton of fun to be had in this episode there's actually a lot of things a lot of things that i did like coming out of this episode um that that i i can say i enjoyed um i still think uh uh again uh Acting wise, I think everyone did a good job. Even action wise, there's a lot of lot of things I liked in this episode um, that that I think um, we'll continue to talk about. Um, but in, all in all, I think this is um, a decent conclusion uh, to 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 Miss Marvel. It's not amazing, um, but I definitely think it is important and very very important. Um, and and again, we'll talk about a, t- a ton of that. But I think. That being said, it is it is definitely something to to pay attention to, um, and yeah, man, I think I think we'll we'll uh, we're we'll potentially be in for a, a a treat for the 
um, in the long run from what this show gave us. Um, again, I just wish we we didn't get as confused in those first couple episodes and we could stay in that community that we got um, instead of trying to rush back. But again, and it's still an enjoyable episode for me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. I honestly think that this might be my favorite finale so far for an MCU series. I should caveat mm-hmm. and say that that is not necessarily a high Low bar across. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, these finales have been very, very mixed and sometimes just outright unenjoyable in a lot of respects. And the one that currently is my favorite for all time always from Loki was something mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoyed, obviously, due to the nature of the big secret reveal of He Who Remains, a.k.a. King the Conqueror and finally seeing Jonathan Majors come up into that series and then also seeing what the possible ramifications would mean for the larger MCU. I think the problem with that episode now, after a year of it Mm. being on the air and and being revealed to us that long ago, we still haven't exactly seen what the ramifications of that particular episode are, at least not that we are aware of. But Mm. with this episode of Miss Marvel, this finale, I quite enjoyed it. I thought that it was a really, really good episode for the most part. Certainly got some problems with it. But one thing that I did particularly enjoy is seeing Adil and Bilal back in the director's chair and I think because you had these two come back who were also the directors for the first two episodes we finally got to revisit those creative visual flourishes that they introduced initially into the show that real Scott Pilgrim-esque sort of style with the animation merging with the live action now I could have used more of it there was there was not enough of it I would have liked Mm -hmm. to see even more of those flourishes now that this episode is taking place back in Jersey City which we expected but that did return and I did really enjoy that but the fact that we do come back to Jersey City is why I had a pretty good time with this episode because ultimately it highlights the series' biggest strengths. And I think that that is the focus being on Kamala's community, her friends and her family, and the interactions that she has with those with those immediate people in her circle. I really, really missed that in the previous two episodes when they ultimately do go to Karachi. Not to say that that stuff wasn't important and not to say that some of it was not good because there were some really good things in the previous two episodes, but there was an imbalance. It felt Mm -hmm. weird to be away for so long. I thought that the Karachi stuff would only be an episode. Turned out to be two. But now that we're back and we get those returning characters really in the forefront like Bruno or Nakia or even her family, like her older brother brother and her father, I just really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed those interactions and having that back again. Um, and then also the action was, was pretty decent. You know, I really criticize yeah. a lot of these TV series because of the action and how uninspired it feels and how sometimes messy it also feels in the grand scheme of things and just the predictability of it as well because mm-hmm. with the series thus far, we just kind of know how things are going to go. I think that Moon Knight in that finale had some pretty good action for the most part and there mm-hmm. were some nice surprises there, but that's all it really was. This episode felt like it was action, but it was driven by character. It wasn't yeah. just action for the sake of having action. I think that there were actually some cool, meaningful moments between characters that happened while all of the stuff was was occurring on screen. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, do have to be honest that the six-episode format still does not work because this could have used an additional two episodes, I would say, because the problem with being away from Jersey City and then just all of a sudden snapping back is that I felt like it created this whiplash effect. The fact that exactly. we were just immediately back into Jersey City and then the show wraps up right after that, I, I just felt... I felt a little cheated by that, mm-hmm. to be honest, because I wanted to spend more time with these characters. I felt like last week's ending and, and how that episode concluded was was really sort of a midway point. And we could have gotten another two or three episodes back in Jersey City to really wrap up stuff, have some more conversations, have some more meaningful dialogue. 
and ultimately we, we we don't get that here because this is the the finale so that's unfortunate so I, I do still believe six episodes wasn't enough and I feel like that there was more story to tell and I feel like we could have used more time especially with other supporting characters that being said though I still had a really good time with this I enjoyed it there's certainly bigger bigger implications at play that I could not have saw coming so the surprise shock element certainly aids in that and aids in my just overall excitement and enthusiasm coming out of this. So yeah. we'll have to see what all of that stuff means in the grander scheme of the MCU and the big picture. But in terms of an isolated series in this episode in particular, I mostly enjoyed it. But with yeah. that being said, let's go ahead and dive into spoilers and get into all the details and not make the people wait any longer. But if you've not seen the season finale of Miss Marvel, this is your official spoiler warning. Please go duck out, watch the episode, and then come back and listen to the rest of our conversation because I guarantee you, you don't want to be spoiled, especially if you haven't been spoiled already. But we have to start off because we sort of left off in a weird place last week. The episode from 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 last week was very abrupt in how it ended mm-hmm. because Bruno and Kamran were at Circle Q and they were having a conversation and catching up, and then all of a sudden a robot from the department of damage control appeared and Kamran, his power sort of in an uncontrollable state because he does he doesn't he doesn't even even know like why he has this power now um it 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 makes the the robot malfunction and it explodes the circle q and now we pick up with this week these two are sort of on the run the department of damage control is certainly after them they are in the subways of jersey city and kamala and her family are back Again, here in Jersey City, Muniba and her have returned, and we actually get a pretty important conversation where Kamala reveals that she's the Nightlight, this 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 weird superhero name that was deemed for her. But she she essentially tells her family, like, I have powers. I'm that mm-hmm. person that saved that little boy, you know, four episodes ago or whatever it was. And we finally see their reactions, and it's mostly accepting. Like, everybody's, like, really proud of her. They're really happy for her. Obviously, her parents are a little bit worried, but her mother is more so understanding than even her father was in this instance Mm -hmm. and i think that's primarily because of what we saw in the previous two episodes but what did you think about just kamala reuniting again with her family and being able to reveal this information kind of on her own terms to them and then them being so receptive to it yeah i do know a little bit of this is comic canon um where her she tries to tell her mom about it but her mom kind of already knows um somehow and so i think they they, they kind of spread this to her family a little bit here in the tv show um where it becomes the same thing i think it's really funny that they decide uh, uh that her dad just always has phone on speaker so that's how everybody else finds out too um but i love 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 the the family in this episode man the family of really all of it again we've, we've talked about before people in the mcu just don't have families and it's crazy that in this coming of age story kamala is able to, to one to her family on her own time but two that they're proud of her i think that is the craziest thing to watch and you know in a tv show like this is like dang y'all proud of her even you know we have maniba there and and you know we see that her dad is worried and she's like but we trust her right like with a big smile on her face i'm like man your mom is really excited about this and not something i expected i still wish we had a little bit better of a moment between her and kamala to figure out like for her to be like, okay, you're a superhero means this, means this, means this. I feel like we never got that because of the way the last episode was structured. Um, and, and or, or at least even the episode before that was structured too. But I, I, I really... I really just love, I think, the, this family dynamic, and I'm, I'm having a good time with it. And it does span, I think, 
uh, on to uh, the rest of what happens in the rest of the episode too with the community and it just all felt very warm I think in the moment but also you know uh, a good amount of, of funny because that's how families are they be on speakerphone too loud <laughs> so it was it was dope yeah you know what's interesting too is that the MCU has never really been big on secret identities at least as of now Kamala's identity has not been revealed to the the larger world if i'm not mistaken but now her immediate family does know so i think that that's an interesting dynamic that the the people close to you which we've seen that before like especially with like spider-man mm-hmm. that's been a, the, the case for him especially in these mcu movies the people close to you know but then the larger community that you're that you're sort of involved with or that you're doing the superheroic acts for they don't really know so i think that you know that'll be that'll be something that i'm kind of curious to see how that continues to play out over the course of the future but here i just love that they are so supportive i love that they're really proud of her in that moment and they just embrace her and everybody think it's really cool and you even got taisha asking her like yeah can you like just naturally use these powers or do you have to recharge like how does it work just stuff like that is like really sincere and really nice the ultimate sort of thing that would have made this even better is is having a longer i think drawn out conversation with her parents because Mm -hmm. there's just been so much back and forth between her and muniba and of course her and her father as well and so i think solving that arc in a in a a little bit more of a substantial way could have just again helped with the story of this episode we do get a nice moment with her father towards the end of this but i think that you know something of a of a sit down between everybody might have been useful to like really just sort of address all the stuff that's happened up until this point. But we kind of had to just move along at a pretty fast pace. She mm-hmm. just dropped the information and they receive it, they react to it, and then we just kind of move on. I would have liked to see a little bit more, more conversations about what this also is going to mean for her, right? And, you know, how yeah. this is this is a dangerous thing to be responsible for, but we do trust you. I think just kind of illuminating more of like the apprehensive nature of what this might mean for for this young teenage girl but that said i still think that this whole sequence was really well acted and really fun to just see them be so receptive to it we also finally got the official reveal of the costume as well this week which is something we had been anticipating and we saw briefly in some of the marketing materials but now we got the full unveiling of the costume and her mother presents it to her as a gift you know she's utilizing the scarf and incorporating a lot of elements that were slowly parsed out in previous episodes, but now mm. it comes together to make this full costume. And I gotta say, it looks incredible. I think yes. that this costume looks amazing on her. Um, yes. It's 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 tough to pull stuff like this off, man. I think sometimes we take for granted as fans the fact that these things are really, really difficult to create, especially if you're doing it practically. And we've also seen a lot of CG suits lately, which don't always work. You know, I think in certain use cases they make sense, but sometimes they just come off looking a little bit too digital and too fake. But this is very much practical and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's past the level of advancement than, than it should. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like a super high-tech weapon because exactly. it shouldn't be. You know, this is just mm-hmm. a teenage girl, so it should feel somewhat homemade, but it still has a, a nice polished look to it and the colors pop. So I just really thought the actual reveal of the costume and then seeing it in action here, it all works for me really well. Yeah, me too, man. It is, again, I, I remember when we first seen it in the trailer and we did, we get it in uh, uh, the, it's even in the, um, I think in the one of the letters in the opening for Thor: Love and Thunder in the Marvel title, you can actually see the suit real quick. Um, but you know, I, I I love it, man. It is again as somebody who's seen Kamala Khan before this TV show came out. You know what I mean? I, they 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 actually do a little um, when she sit later in the episode when she's sitting on that light post. Uh, that's like one of the first comic 
I've ever uh, comic um, covers I ever seen of of Miss Marvel. Uh, it's crazy that they called back to that because I was like, "Whoa!" I actually know what that is when that happened. Um, but I think this suit looks really good. It's very uh, the attention to detail was accurate. It's very comic book accurate. Um, I love how each piece co- again it's 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 a very community thing, right? Like her mom makes the suit, her necklace is the symbol on her chest i mean like the scarf comes in the red scarves bruno makes the mask it's just i love how everything kind of comes together and just as her mom was trying to make costumes in episode one for avenger con here she is you know making her costume now for her being a real superhero and i think that's just a a really cool thing there man and her mom must be talented i'm like dang did you make this yourself like i wish i had a small detail where she was like i stitched it and sewed it myself or she got it down at the, you know, I don't know. I just wish I had a little bit more detail how she came about the suit, but it looks great, and, and I love how it was presented as well. Yeah, in addition to the costume, we also get to see Kamala express and utilize her powers even more, you know, all the way up until the kind of the final moments of this episode. I know we've been a little sort of dodgy on the on the platform jumping element. Mm-hmm. They they use that a lot. It's great that they actually, you know, started to finally add on to it. It makes sense, I guess, in the grander context of now having this entire series where that seemed like it was her only power for the longest time. But then we do get the, the sort of sort of embiggening that happens at the end of this, which I, I do want to spend a little bit of time on later. But mm-hmm. I just also like to see it practically utilized, you know, as she's moving throughout Jersey City. She's going from these different locations. You see her in alleyways. Like, every scenario that the costume was in, it just looked good. Like, whether it was broad daylight, in the dark, mm-hmm. it just worked everywhere. You know, I think that they they did a really a really phenomenal job. So much so that I feel like this will even look really nice on the big screen. Because sometimes there's even that disconnect where something looks good on mm-hmm. TV. But when you mm-hmm. go see a movie... And you have this huge silver screen in front of you. It doesn't translate always as well. But I actually feel like that this on the big screen, when she does appear in the Marvels, eventually, it'll still look good. They probably mm-hmm. would, would likely make some adjustments, uh, I'm assuming. But I think that this is just a great design overall. Um, the big set piece of this episode, though, actually takes place at their high school. And this is where like a lot of the characters do converge onto one location. Again, something that we typically see in a lot of these finales, how can we get everybody in the same place at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And just like be efficient and try to wrap up as much as we can with only 50 minutes. Here they do that same thing, but I think that they actually do it in a really, really creative way. They go to mm-hmm. the high school. It's a Saturday because nobody's going to be there, so it's obviously away from danger, and it feels like it's going to be a good hiding place. Ultimately, the Department of Damage Control turns out to be sort of the last stand villain in this episode, right? And we talked a little bit about the villains and how it's been sort of unclear on who exactly that might be, and then all of a sudden it was revealed to us that it was the clandestines and Najma, and then they just ultimately disappeared and were killed off last episode so i know we were curious about well what is this going to be who's going to be the antagonist you know who are they going to go up against it really is just the department of damage control they're just trying <laughs> to find kamala and kamran because they've you know detected that these metahumans exist in jersey city and they want to apprehend them um what did you think about them ultimately being sort of like the final big boss in this in this entire series and sort of circling back to them after being away from them for a few episodes I wish they were just presented as a bigger threat earlier and more consistent, man. There's too much in and out for this for this series. Um in in playing with the what the clandestines were doing and what were happening with the, the the Department of Damage Control and it was just a lot of t- it was a lot of too much for me. I wish 
we went on um, the, you know, the scene before we even get to the high school where Kamran and Bruno are running from DLDC and they end up at the mosque in there and, and, and Sadie, uh, Agent Deaver pops up, right? And she's like, okay, where's everybody at? I, I like that they went the racist route. And she's like doing all this racist stuff, you know? She's like, it's, it's just, I, I, it's part of me is like, go with that if that's, because it felt more powerful to me or it felt like a more, a reason for them to get picked on you know, outside of we're just chasing these people, <laughs> kind of. Um, so I, I really just wish that was a thing, and maybe you find a way for the clandestines to still make sense. But yeah, all of it was just just felt a little messy, and I feel like they could have um, made the Department of Damage Control uh, uh, even bigger, not even necessarily a bigger threat, but a, just have a bigger meaning when chasing these people. Because when you see them, every time I'm like, okay, but why are you here? Like, um, there's two, they, they weren't chasing Spider-Man across the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you now chasing Kamala Khan? It's because you think Spider-Man's white. I don't know. Like, I was just, I just wish there was, there was more questions, um, answered there in terms of what they were doing. And, and so I, I think it's interesting that, cause they could have played with the fact that Agent Cleary clearly has a different motivation than Agent Deaver. Why? Why is Agent Deaver so you know uh uh balls to the wall you know why she why she feel like she needs to prove herself to to apprehend Kamran and kamala that's a story there you know what i'm saying there's a whole thing that's there and they never did anything about it we just kind of were like talking about it in the moment and so it made it it made it really weird there um and, the, and then coming into the high school I, like you said i think that was a good idea i i, I actually loved it i loved the the home alone of it um in 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 the things that they had to do to devise a plan um i i i just wish again this this timing thing they had to say well nakia you're okay with this right in 30 seconds she was like yeah i'm okay all of a sudden zoe's in the picture all of a sudden i don't know a lot of that stuff was happening really fast to me um and i was in 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 like you said it felt like it was a runtime thing it was like well we don't have time so we have to talk about all of these low-key big things in two minutes or less because people are coming and it, it it a lot of that just felt like it was um you know kind of plot armorish just for the the grander story but um i still like uh what we got i think overall um in that high school scene yeah, you know, damage control, it just, uh, you know, there were some gaps. It was just ultimately some gaps with who they really were, why they were so just persistent in capturing Kamala and Kamran even at this point in time. Like, yes, they're metahumans, and so you want to apprehend them, and maybe they're possibly threats, but I think that the interactions between Deaver and Cleary just were too far and few in between. We just didn't get to see enough of them, and they were completely absent for episodes at a time, and I think that whole that whole utilization of them as, as the ones trying to capture these people, it just doesn't it doesn't really work because the proper legwork just wasn't established to make them consistent enough throughout the show. We did get a lot of them in the in the first two episodes. And if they just kept up that momentum with cutaway scenes that that took us away from Karachi and back to Jersey City that really kind of focused on mm-hmm. damage control and them trying to find out information and we're still kind of in the dark about Cleary and what his bigger role is as a part mm-hmm. of all of this. I know so many people, including us, suspect that he's a Cree, but we still have no official confirmation. You know, he's just kind of left there on the table. It's just another agent. I don't know if they'll circle back to that in the Marvels. And I think that it was a nice, it was a nice, you know, sort of way to have 
the group and Kamala especially have to, you know, run away from something and unite and come together. Because it kind of reminded me, if I'm being honest, it kind of reminded me of there's a certain section in the Marvel Avengers video game from a couple years ago where Kamala's like on the run. I think it's from AIM in that video mm-hmm. game. She's on the it's run AIM. and she's she's running through the city and rooftop jumping and all of that stuff. It reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of that. And I thought it's that like that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this ultimately was just... It was fine, but, you know, from a story perspective, it just doesn't serve the overall narrative, I think, in a, in a really satisfying way because we just didn't get that much time with them. You know, they were just kind of a, an opposing force, a threat, just a bunch of bodies, you know, um, to, to, to sort of be there present. The high school stuff, though, I really liked it. I really I, I thought mm-hmm. that that was great. I thought it was filmed incredibly well. I think that, again, uh, Adil and Bilal, you know, here in the director's chair their sensibilities are just like really cool. The way that they lit everything on the inside, it's supposed to yeah. be dark, but it also just had a lot of color and a lot of vibrancy to it. Their camera work was also really impressive too. And I just found that the action and the, the, the pacing of it was, was, mm-hmm. was really, was really nice because just ultimately with the switching directors over the course of these episodes, something just felt a little bit off when you transition from one, from one creative to another. And I, I think having multiple directors is fine. That's how most TV works. But these guys in particular, the way that they get the ca- character and how it infuses with the rest of the world is something that I think is really kind of unique to them, at least with what mm-hmm. I've seen so far out of these six episodes. But um, ultimately, we do see in this showdown with the Department of Damage Control, Kamala has to step up to the plate. And she has to utilize uh, not really a new power. I think it's always been there, but she's really, really having to utilize it here because she's kind of forced into a corner to protect Kamran so that he does not get killed or apprehended. We finally see her say the word in Biggin, which, you know, is definitely a callback to her comic powers that that we largely associate with this character, um, who's more so known as a polymorph because of the abilities that she got from the Terrigen Mist and her being an inhuman and that stuff certainly resembles more of what we would would associate with a Mr. Fantastic or an Ant-Man. And mm-hmm. they've, of course, changed it here. You know, they're utilizing um, more hard-like constructions, you know, very similar to what we've seen out of a Green Lantern type of character. But she actually says that word in Biggin. Doesn't change her powers at the root of them, but I think right. it definitely calls back to more of the look of Kamala Khan that we're, that we're typically associating with the character. The fact that she can grow to an exponential size. She can become really tall and her limbs stretch out, right? And so we do get that visual, although it appears a little bit different, differently than, than what we see in the comics. Um, what ultimately did you think about that, that, that reveal of her, of her powers, you know, sort of transforming into the, the more faithful, I think, adaptation of what we've seen in the past? Oh, it was extremely satisfying for me, man. Um, just like you said, this is... Uh, uh, again, very much something that we we've seen before. We known to be a little bit more keen to her um, comic book origins. We played with her in the Marvels, the Avengers game, as he was just talking about. And this is just more so her. You know, we talked about in the show. We're like, okay, what do your powers do? You keep jumping on floating lights. Like, is this is this it? Do you have shields and lights and stuff? And he's like. We, I think we seen her in Biggin maybe another time, but it was like very small, and you know what I'm saying. But this is like, this is comic booky. I love it. This is the Kamala Khan that I'm used to. This is the Kamala Khan that I want to see. I love seeing. I love that she she said it because it's like okay, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Now we're 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 knocking on the Miss Marvel, the real Miss Marvel territory um, that I expected to see when I was watching the show, and so I loved every bit of it. Um, I think that. They'll continue to, to to surprise us in in future things too. I'm I'm, I'm a little. I, I feel a, just a, a little some type of way that they 
had to keep that hold that back for so long um at the expense of not giving us as much in some early episodes if that makes sense like it's i i, I wonder how that pacing is it, is it always going to work like that is it are you going to or is it going to happen earlier but again for me i'm fine with it i thought it worked here especially again we, this is a week-to-week show maybe if it was like week one i, I would still be like okay but where's your powers at <laughs> um but here uh, uh we finally got it and it felt good to me man it felt good yeah, I think it, it looks good, too. You know, that was actually a bit of a surprise. I was very much concerned about the look of this and how it actually would appear from a, I guess, from a visual of, uh, effects perspective. And I think the way that they combined the elements, the the embiggened powers uh, alongside, you know, the, the, the sort of cosmic power of this bangle, it actually worked for me, surprisingly. And I was I was actually kind of taken aback with the colors and just like how that popped off the screen and you got the, the nice contrast, like her... Her hard light is, you know, more of a purple hue. And when you saw Kamran mm-hmm. utilize his hard light, which came from the powers of Najma, it was definitely more greenish yellow. So even that contrast and that different differentiation uh, worked a lot for me. I will say that there were a couple of weird things, though. One, I found that the stuff like inside the high school, like that was really, really exciting. And then once we get out of the high school and it's like this showdown, which felt a little bit more traditional, a little bit more by the numbers. I was just naturally less interested in that stuff because we, mm-hmm. we lost some of our characters. They had gotten arrested like Bruno and Nakia. They they had gotten apprehended at that point and they were just watching from afar. Just felt a little cliche, you know, to have this big standoff like your hero against the villain in the middle of the city and everybody's just like sitting around watching like nobody's doing anything. <laughs> it's like a it's like a theater production that just kind of feels weird to me anytime I see it like this isn't a Western. <laughs> so I don't I don't know why we set things up that way. And then the other thing that never really felt quite clear to me is that, you know, kind of at the top of this episode, when we see damage control, you know, sort of making the move towards Kamran and Kamala, mm-hmm. they make it pretty clear. Deaver makes it pretty clear. Like we have to apprehend them alive. Like we can't kill these kids. Like right. use, use, you know, use excessive force. Yes, but don't kill them. But mm-hmm. then by this showdown outside of the high school, pretty sure those were real bullets. They were shooting at Kamran. Oh, for sure. Like that was actual ammunition. That wasn't like any of the, mm-hmm. the the energy, you know, sort of blast that they were using. So I'm like, well, wait, what happened here? How do we all of a sudden end up to almost killing this guy? Like, yes, he came out of the high school and he started, you know, throwing the energy at them, the hard light at them. But I don't know. That just kind of felt weird to me. And also when Kamala jumps in front to protect him, they continue to Keep shoot at shooting. her. Yep. Like they they don't let up for like another 15 seconds. And so I was like, wait. Now we're going to just off them like that, you know, so that just kind of felt there was a disconnect there for me where we didn't get like a moment, just a quick moment to see like, well, what's the rationale behind that? Because earlier in the episode, you made it very clear that you were not going to try to kill these kids. They were going to be taken alive. But now we're using real bullets out of nowhere. It was just a strange it was a strange choice to me. I mean, I'm with you. They they blew up a whole bodega, bro, of uh, that uh, ch- children are in <laughs> that teenagers happen to be in. Uh, I, I, the lethal force is very confusing of what's happening, especially again when you do have these energy weapons that don't kill on impact. You know what I mean? Like, aren't these not not the cannons that that's in their hand, but the cannons that are on the tank? Is that the same cannons from like Incredible Hulk? Kind of. They looked very have, similar. Like, and so like. Even that wasn't made to kill him. It was made to slow him down and get him to change. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out why they didn't just use that against the shield that Kamala had up. up. You know what I'm saying? Why, why not just use that? I was like, damn, are they shooting at these niggas? Like I was really, I thought the same thing. 
I was like, at any point in time, Kamala could accidentally drop the shield and bullets is going through these people. And so I, I thought I was just me, to be honest. I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, what is really going on here? And I kind of I kind of let it go later. Um, and then the, the dude throws a tank at him. Uh, I mean, wow. It's interesting because the DODC, as they, again, make very clear, they're not cops. Like, so it's like, what is what's also that disconnect? What is the 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 governmental regulation you know what i mean of the dodc what can they do and can't they do it's all very interesting but either way they are the ops at the end of the day and so them using bullets you can't say is the most surprising thing in the world cops kill kids all the time but like it's but it's i don't know part part of me wishes they made that political too (laughs) they shooting at these muslims outside of a high school you know what i'm saying like it would have made more sense then but like you said in that moment i was like oh no Y'all just said not to use lethal force. Uh, uh, Deaver also said, "Don't kill these kids. Take them alive." And here we are using bullets. I, it's crazy. I don't, I don't get it either. But yeah, I'm of the same mind. Yeah, weird disconnect there. I did find it funny though. Uh, it maybe this is kind of cruel, but that moment inside the high school when Bruno interrupts like this really heartfelt exchange between Kamala and Kamran, you can tell that they're about to kiss each other. Ooh, awkward. And then, and then yeah, that was very strange. I know Bruno like. Man, I feel bad for my guy. But when he comes into that moment and he starts to like dance and distract the agents, the the Department of Damage Control agents, and one of them just fucking sideswipes him across the face, like just <laughs> punches him really hard. And I was like, whoa, that just took it to the next level. Like we are just like battering these kids and throwing them on the ground, like you say, using excessive force, but still wasn't lethal. And then all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. bullets are flying all throughout the like, streets what? of New Jersey in front of this high school. I'm just <laughs> like, yo, this is kind of nuts. And it's also a little weird that a bigger deal wasn't made about it at the end. Like, yes, Kamala walks away as the big hero, but we saw that montage of like all the TikToks and everybody's so happy. And it would have been nice to maybe just see one like, yeah, yo, they are nuts. They were shooting at children. <laughs> like, can we talk <laughs> yeah, about that? You know, I think really that could have been a even if, if if we just had that to just acknowledge it, that could have helped out a lot in that moment. But um, ultimately, this all ends. Deaver gets fired immediately from Cleary, which that also kind of shocked me that he just fired her outright i mean she did go behind his back and betray his direct order and he immediately let her go and i was like well she's (laughs) out the picture automatically like she had to have known that that was going to be the case i I just you know as you said like i I just would have liked to see a moment as to why she was so persistent about moving forward and going directly against his his direct order you know I, i we we didn't really have any character information to support why she felt that way i don't know if they were trying to hint at her being prejudice you know and maybe discriminatory mm-hmm. because this is about a pakistani muslim community mm-hmm. for the most part they never really hinted at that though i mean they, they talked about it like yes like the implications of like people coming and surveillancing and going into mm-hmm. the mosque and stuff like that but not her directly i don't feel like so right. it just kind of felt a little abrupt that he just let her go and his decision makes sense but i think maybe seeing more from her perspective like yeah why why did she just automatically say like yeah no i'm still gonna go after these kids and and make this decision behind his back yeah i think there's some again some weird setup even with her character happening um because again if if we're right about agent cleary and um the department of damage control again is a a I don't want to say our side. I like that we're in the universe. But you know what I mean? The Department of Damage Control, you, we know it's going to be a She-Hulk. We know they have Abomination. You know what I mean? Like, they feel only... It's really only in the show that I felt like, damn, I don't know about these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I wonder if they're just setting her up 
for some kind of organization outside of the Department of Damage Control later on down the line. You know what I mean? Especially if the Department of Damage Control is on our side. If Agent Cleary is a scroll or something like that, in my, in my mind, he's on our side. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 just, I don't know, it's very curious. I wonder, I feel like we'll see her again. Again, Sadie Deaver isn't, uh, she's not a small actress to me. Again, after seeing her in every like episode of Orange is the New Black, she's not a small actress to me, and it, it feels like you use her in two episodes. So I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like part of me feels like throwing her away is also too fast in that she could also make a return as again a a, a part of some other organization in a Miss Marvel season two or something like that um, against again the Department of Damage Control. Could that other organization possibly be Thunderbolts? You know, maybe maybe she joins like a covert organization mm-hmm. and, and, and becomes a part of that. Because I think there's going to be some connective tissue, you know, For at sure. least with like Thunderbolts and what we see with some Absolutely. of those characters you just mentioned. But also, I think it's hard to say because we also don't have confirmation as to whether or not this series will continue. It mm-hmm. It appears as if it would. And I stand by what I said a couple of weeks ago that I think that probably more so than the other series this feels like there's going to be a season two without a doubt, even though they haven't officially announced it yet, just because Mm -hmm. of the loose threads that are there with her character included, but also with these other folks, as we've, you know, sort of pointed out a little bit earlier, in particular, Nakia and Bruno, who I just want to spend a, you know, a little bit of time talking about, you know, Kamala's inner circle, her best friends, first Nakia, you know, we do get the reuniting of her and Kamala after they had a little bit of a falling out in episode three. That was really the last time we saw her character and she was not happy because of Kamala withholding this information about her powers. And they do resolve it very, very quickly here. They just kind of meet and have a quick exchange and they don't really take the time to, to have a conversation about it. I think due to the nature of the story and where they were, like they're not going to have a conversation while they're planning this right. this this attempt to stall the Department of Damage Control to get Comron out. That makes sense. But as we continue to go back to having maybe an additional episode or an additional two episodes to really deal with the fallout of that. If they do have a season two, though, I can give them slight forgiveness points on that, because if they pick up this thread next season, which might be giving them a little bit too much credit because they're very fine by the end of this whole thing like they're, they're back together it's like mm-hmm. the band is you know the band is normal but there do there there does seem like an opportunity to to continue some of these threads in, in a future season and we know bruno is also leaving to caltech which i think is a good decision and a smart decision for his character but what did you think about just like you know the developments with those two in particular and then also you know sort of what we just pointed out a second ago bruno ultimately still remaining cool with kamala and of course helping her out because he cares about her but seeing that she has feelings for somebody else that's not him. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like you said, just another episode would have been nice for me, man. Um, because, uh, like you said, it's, it's the the nature of the of what was happening at the at the high school, they had to talk about it really fast, and it feels like in a lot of and sometimes in these shows, instead of talking about it, it somehow gets resolved by a um, um, by something they're going through together. You know what I mean? It's like. Oh, we can talk about this thing now, but let's talk about it later. Action happens. We bonded through the action. Now we're happy and together again. And 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 again, that feels like in this uh, episode particular that it was just a lack of time. Like I, they, by, again, by the end of it, they're just all good. There's a moment where Nakia and Zoe are talking, and it, that even feels like a moment where Nakia kind of flipped the switch in her head too. That like she's okay with this kind of type thing, and I don't know. But she never really talked to Kamala about what she learned from Zoe. Like, I don't. There's just things in there that just like 
dang, give us some moments, man. Give us some character moments between these people for them to talk to each other and discuss this. Um, I wish I just had, again, a little bit more of that. But I love, by the end of this, how Nakia is, like, telling telling them how to lock down this mosque. She, like, these are the plans. We need something right here, something right here. And, again, it feels very much like season two-ish, man, where they're locking down this mosque. And maybe the, the changes they're making to it are going to come come important you know later down the line it's starting to feel like a base for kamala and nakia in 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 some ways um and i hope i hope we do see that and get that community again um in that in that way bruno man first and foremost kamala got hoes it just is what it is (laughs) it just is what it is man we got all three in this episode again she called one of her hoes to bail out another one of her hoes (laughs) Yeah, she finessing hard right now. She is going crazy. She almost got the car from Bruno. She had winked enough and asked enough. I guarantee you, Kamala would like flirted with him a little bit. She could have got that car from Bruno, bro. She, he would have been taking a plane to Caltech. Um, but it it it's it's a it's a still very endearing thing to see. Um, it's not the first time. Again, if it feels it's so Spider Man y, you know, where it's like it's the, the love triangles and in her case the love square, but it, it happens um in, in in high school and seeing how much Bruno cares about her, of course he's not gonna not help her anymore. It's literally beyond her him having a crush on her, it's still her her uh her best friend. But that's another one of those storylines where it's like I'm pretty sure Miss Marvel season two is gonna happen. Cause that still is not resolved. You know what I mean? Like he walks in on 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 Kamala and Kamran about to kiss, and it's awkward, and he has thoughts, but he never says anything. There's nothing ever said, and and I just feel like, you know, that's a that, that's leaving leeway for things to be uh, said later on down the line. So I again, I still mess with Bruno, man. I think he's I think he's really dope, um, and I I love that we're getting a uh, uh, a young genius. That you know, uh, we we lost such a big one in Tony. That I love that, that we're about to have an influx of them, right? We know Riri is coming in Black Panther. Like, I hopefully we use Bruno though because he's not as he's he we, we don't he's not a super right now, right? He's not he doesn't have the things that other people have. So I like how right now he's just this on the ground teenage genius. He's like the it's like take the genius out of Peter Parker and split them and kind of have like Miss Marvel and Bruno side by side kind of type thing and hit with him as the best friend. It's, he's the Gwen Stacy to her Spider-Man kind of in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of ways, man. Um, and, and, and I like that, though, because, again, it, it allows for more story development down the line. So we'll see what happens with Bruno, man. Yeah, he really takes it on the chin every single time. And I'm just like, I Else. really want better for you, my guy. I want so much better for you because you just sit here and just you eat these licks like they're nothing and you just keep moving forward. I got to commend him for that. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I want to go back quickly just to the Zoe thing. Very strange that she just all of a sudden ended up there and that conversation that she did have with Nakia, very brief, and she just sort of acknowledged like, yeah, Kamala saved my life, you know? So that's a person that deserves to be helped. And I'm just like, (laughs) how did we get here? You've been completely absent for five episodes. Like, you were very much exposing this girl back at the, you know, the opening episode mm-hmm. and leveraging that moment, you know, for your own self gain and, and fame on TikTok, I guess. And, you know, it's cool that she come back to, to help at the end, I guess, you know, to, to really leverage social media, which makes sense considering their age. Like, I like that element of it. Mm-hmm. Her being the the way to get there uh, just felt a little a little off just because of her her quick pivoting to, to all of a sudden being on the side of Kamala. But maybe just maybe. 
that might speak to who she really is down under that she mm. is once again just trying to use the moment as a way to grow her following to get more people subscribed to whatever mm. channel she might have there could be some ulterior motive there so perhaps next season we actually see like zoe is still kind of an asshole and not the greatest person i don't know i'm just guessing at this point but that moment did did occur but uh ultimately let's keep moving and talk about the name reveal, you know, because this this all really is like the summation of an origin story for this character. Mm-hmm. And so after everything is wrapped up with Department of Damage Control, Deaver's lost her job. She's unemployed now. We go back to Kamala in her home. <laughs> she has a final moment with her father, you know, before she leaves where they just sit on a rooftop and just talk to each other really quickly. And her father tells her about the origin of her name and what that ultimately means. And the fact that in Urdu, it actually means Marvel. And so Kamala's obviously over the moon about that, that she shares the name of Captain Marvel, which is her idol. And uh, this is how we we get the official moniker of Miss Marvel. A little a little bit of a pivot, I think, from the comics. I think, you know, the Miss Marvel in the comics, it's more so like, yeah, I'm taking the name from my idol. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to switch it up a little bit here. But they're trying to connect it again more so to the cultural heritage. People's mileage might vary on this just because it kind of feels like sort of a roundabout way to go there but Kamal in in Urdu does mean perfect you know so they're switching the definition a little bit but it's it's a slight reach but I think it gets there just enough I think it works just enough to say like oh that's a cute moment it's nice to to bring that all together and to make it meaningful for her and what we've seen with her journey so far because so much of this is connected to her family history yeah man I I, I like it a lot um and it's because again of of the the community of it all, man, uh, that we've gotten so much autonomy, like uh, just throughout the MCU. Literally, Iron Man became Iron Man because he felt like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like these this I like this because it I don't know, just gives more meaning to the reasons and the ways in which she fights, you know, um, and you know, they they kept trying to plant like little uh uh lessons throughout this entire show even in this episode when when um they're at the mosque um and what when they give uh uh Kamran and, and Bruno uh those freaking halal hats I was like what kind of disguise is this first of all is this is this <laughs> they were the worst disguises I was like this is terrible um but he says just because someone treats you as their enemy doesn't mean give you the right to treat them as yours you know what I mean like they they just always kept trying to slip things in there like boom this is what this means boom and I like that about it um, because we don't always get that uh, uh, throughout the MCU, really. That's why when Thanos came, we was like, this nigga spitting. <laughs> because the, the the man just had lines on lines, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this dude got some quotes on him. And so I like how this show tried to do that a little bit and give Kamala meaning to everything. Her costume had meaning. Her, her I don't know, just the things that she did it came with a lot of family and why why not her 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 name also comes from family so like you said Kamal means perfect they go ahead and and make that that slight adjustment in terms of translation cuz things do translate differently to different languages whatever but to say that 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 she's a marvel was like damn i like this little stamp it's a cute stamp it gives us it gives her again even more meaning it it relates to to her idol and it relates to the name that her parents literally gave her and so um, uh, it just it just all made sense to me. And I was I was really happy to see that moment. I think the part of it that does work the best is the fact that, you know, he precedes it by telling her that they tried having a second child for the longest and they, they, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't make it work. There were a lot of, unfortunately, unsuccessful attempts. And it was it was something that weighed heavily on them. They were obviously mm-hmm. sad about that because they wanted another child after Amir was born. And so 
that being sort of the, the the framing device as to why they arrived to that name, that's what makes it work. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that if you if you leave that out, if they just happen to stumble upon this name, it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's a that's convenient. But that's lucky. <laughs> yeah. But they don't make it that way. They actually like give it a lot of meaning in, in terms of her parents and how they arrived to that that particular name for her and how she ultimately gets her superhero alias. And then we do get that final shot of her sitting on the light post, looking across the Hudson over to. The skyline of New York City, of course, again, as you said, pulling an image directly from the comics, you know, yep. pretty much shot for shot. And it was it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Again, that beautiful. costume looks great. Mm-hmm. She looks great in Iman Vellani. I think it's just like such a standout with this role. And I think she she really, despite some of the problems, despite some of the clumsiness, um, ultimately delivered pretty much in every way and has so much charisma to her. And I think that she has a, a big, bright future. But before this all wraps up, we get a wild ass scene at the end of this which could have <laughs> been a post-credit scene but it was like the scene before the post-credit scene but what ends up happening is that we we fast forward to one week later everything is good now bruno kamala nakia they are they are once again a unit bruno has Kamran's car this nice ass whip that he gets to drive around <laughs> um and they're just gonna you know go out and hang out but before they leave Bruno is going to tell Kamala some very important information because he went to go look back at the information about her genes and her makeup because he was doing a lot of research about that. And he ultimately found something that really set off a spark in him and, and said that this is something more than what we thought. Like, yes, we know that the the bangle can access the newer dimension and, and unlocks the powers in that particular in those particular instances. But there's something still a little bit different about you. And ultimately, Bruno says that it's something like a mutation, literally says the word mutation. And then right behind it, as we see Kamala's reaction, you get the X-Men animated series theme, which plays right underneath it. It plays really quickly. And then she says, well, you know, it's just another label. And then they drive (laughs) off. And that's the end of the episode. Now, listen, (laughs) mutation, obviously a derivative of mutants. We've been talking about this for so long now. There's so much to get to and to address with this, <laughs> but I'll just, I'll just, I'll just send it over to you, man. What's your reaction to 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 finally getting this, I guess, official introduction of mutants and what it all may mean for the MCU? Man, first and foremost, I was so taken aback in that moment, bro. <laughs> I actually, I actually thought I heard it wrong. I said that is not the song that I think it is. I. I went back and played it like three times. (laughs) I said, this cannot be the X-Men theme song. They just used that hoe too. Freaking Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. And so I was like, there's just no way that this is what this is. But it absolutely was. I was, I was, man, I was not wrong about it. It, This means so, 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 so much. Um, First and foremost, uh, uh, in the Inhumans of it all, we know in the comics, Kamala gets her powers from the Inhumans, or specifically from Terrigen Mist. Um, within humans, we know Agents of Shield. There was a lot, huge storylines within Inhumans. Um, we know we just seen Black Bolt <laughs> in Multiverse of Madness, who is supposed to be the Inhuman, the the the, the guy. Um, and in this series, we speculated so many times, like, is it Terrigen Mist that's surrounding her body like what is what what is giving what is happening with this bangle man and, and they never really would explain it a hundred percent but it we there was i always feel like there was something cree to it just because 
again, the the bangle still. We'll talk about that later too. Is still I'm pretty thousand percent now. It's a Cree bangle, but it 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 was always just I was always just very curious on how we're gonna make Kamala more super than this thing that's on her arm, and so what better way to do it than to make her a mutant, which actually makes a ton of sense in the grand scheme of things i think it's very clear that like kevin feige and the mcu camp are like we don't know about these inhumans man like the inhumans and mutants have so much in common to where i think at this point in the mcu i think they made a decision that was to uh uh one, car- carry on something that we, we know needed to, it had to come at some point. <laughs> the mutants had to happen at some point. But what better way to introduce it than with a girl going through adolescence or, or puberty, I should say, which is the very thing in which the X gene seems to pop up at that very same age, right? The, the very teenage age in, in which, the again, the X gene is, is known to, to, to come to light. And so, um, again, I, just after, after having time thinking about it, I'm like, damn, that actually makes sense. But the, the thing about it, when you get to the end, you're like, we spent this entire time with a mutant? I don't know. It's, it's a very interesting thing to think about and a very interesting concept to think about because what does, what, what, I don't know, I, I just don't know how they carry it out in the future now. And there's, like you said, there's so many things to talk about and so many questions because now it's like, have mutants been here the entire time is this the events of the blip have they been in hiding this entire time it, it's very clear that when kamala says mutant it's probably just another label that it hasn't been used yet it's she's like oh it's probably just another because if not it'd have been in the news right she would have been like a mutant oh don't call me that or something you know what i mean or something and she's very like eh, it'll just be another label which first and foremost is very wise of her to say but again it's it's also like what does Damn. So, what does it look like then? If 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 you were among the the first or among the hidden or people who don't know this is happening, how does this work? And so, um, it it uh, again. At first, I was very taken aback, but in, in thinking about it and just sitting sitting with it, it 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 actually makes a lot of sense for me, and it actually adds a lot of gravity to what this TV show I think brings to the MCU. We talk about the importance of these shows all the time and whether or not they're necessary. Well, this feels very, very necessary considering this development. Man, I don't even know where to start if I'm being honest. First of all, the reaction was priceless on my face. I wish somebody could have recorded me because I was Same. I literally got a, I got out of my bed. <laughs> I, I had to like get all my feet because I was like, they did not just say that. I even missed the X-Men theme because I was just like, wait, what? Like, I was mm-hmm. just so surprised. It wasn't until I got online after... And I was like just searching the hashtag. I'm like, people have to be talking about this because I stayed up to watch it. And then somebody had the screen grab and they were like, yeah, the X-Men 97 theme playing underneath. And I said, no way. Somebody Mm -hmm. like put that in there. They didn't actually do that. And then I went back and it was there. So they're making no they're 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 not keeping this a secret at all. Like this is very intentional. Like they want us to know this is this is not up for interpretation. This is mutants, (laughs) right? Like, let's not play any guessing game. Yeah, this this is not what you what you want to, you know, sort of talk about in a roundabout way. Um, them staring, staring away from Inhumans, listen, I think it makes sense. I think the only reason Inhumans were ever on the table for Marvel Studios in particular was because at that time, Inhum- or Mutants weren't on the table. Right. Mutants were still over at Fox. You know, They were still utilizing those characters, making the X-Men and Wolverine movies. So Marvel, 
at that particular time when they were, you know, rolling out phase two and phase three and they announced that a humans movie, I think it was in an, in an attempt to introduce superpowered beings who were, you know, sort of born that way or come from descendants of people that had metaphysical abilities or superpowered abilities to introduce just a new race into the MCU. Obviously, we know that a humans movie never happened and got turned into a TV show. There was some weird stuff going on between Marvel TV and Marvel Studios. Ultimately, it fell out of the purview of Kevin Feige and that was off of his table and patience is a virtue because lo and behold, we now have the mutants who are coming to the MCU and it's just so nuts to me. And it's probably very intentional that this episode is coming out a week and a half before San Diego Comic-Con next week in which we know Marvel Studios is going to be present with the Hall H panel, which is almost three years to the day after Kevin Feige first officially announced that mutants are coming. He said it back in 2019 and here we are three years later and it actually manifests in this episode and it's wild it's just so wild what the implications of this could could mean like i don't want to overstate it because a lot of these things as we see in phase four and we we've talked about this we're, we're just curious about what's the roadmap for for how long it's going to take for these things to actually come true these these mm. promises that they provide to us like there's so many loose threads now like there's so many things that presumably may be resolved but we really don't know like even if you go back to the first tv series with wandavision yeah there's a whole nother vision out there somewhere and we have no idea mm -hmm. what that might mean that's just like one example there's a ton of others and so i don't want to overstate it and get too ahead of myself but by and large we know how important mutants are to the grand scheme of all of this stuff and how how influential and impactful those characters will be when they're ultimately ultimately introduced at large but i think all the questions you raise are very much on the minds of all of us. Like, yeah. what does this mean exactly? Have they always been here? Did some event trigger it, and now they are slowly but surely popping mm -hmm. up? Will Kamala be an X-Man? Will she be a part of that team? You know, is she going to go to Xavier's school for the gifted <laughs> children if, if that thing is 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 it is in existence or if, if it comes about in the future? Like, yeah. there's so many things about that that just seem a little bit unsure that I think they will obviously address in the future at some point, but it's just like, when is kind of my big mm -hmm. question. And I think because this episode comes out a week and a half before San Diego Comic-Con, I have a big, big feeling that we're going to get yeah. a lot of clarity on what that might look like mm -hmm. on top of the fact that we know this X-Men animated series is coming out very soon here as well. Yeah, I, I, I now think that the decision for them to be at Comic-Con is not for what's necessarily you know happening in the next two years which of course is what we're looking for i think it's like all right y'all this this they knew they were like this miss marvel ending is gonna blow people's socks off we gotta show up to comic-con we can't not show up to comic -Con. like it feels like it's more a reaction to the end of miss marvel than the other way around and so i'm i'm really excited for that to happen i actually had that very idea that kamala being as young as she is somehow they can't just call her a mutant and she never meets another one you know what i mean like i feel like at this point there there has to be something and where she does go to um at least for a little bit she has to meet professor x you know what i mean professor x tries to recruit her he knows that she's a mutant and something like that but it also you know it i have a huge theory which could be so far off <laughs> But I think I have a feeling Kamran is going to be one of the earliest members of the Brotherhood. I just feel like that's going to happen. Like, mm. um, I, I, yeah, I also feel like there's, with with knowing, now that we know X-Men 97 is around the corner, they're playing X-Men music in this whole, 
we know X-Men 97 is, I think it's going to be canon in the MCU. Oh, definitely it, now. It's and I know we were wondering about that now, yeah. but it's, it's, it's just too many signs and signals that it will be. Exactly. It's absolutely canon in the MCU. And I, th- I definitely think that we're going, like you said, we're going to get a lot of answers at, at San Diego Comic-Con, but I think that show is going to be more important than ever. I think a lot of people who had no intention of watching X-Men 97 are like, oh, it was just a X-Men animated series again. Here we are again. Now it's like, no, niggas. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Mount up, niggas. Get Mount to watching. It's like, this is... It's about to mean so much more, man. This is this is about to lead into... There's, it's intentional now that it's in 97. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're doing these things on purpose to set these things up. And so I... I like, what if... X-Men 97 comes out, the Marvels comes out, and at the end of the Marvels, there's a cameo. You know what I mean? It it makes sense that it shows up in another Marvel property now, right? Versus anything else. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's Kamala Khan meets whoever in this post credit scene. Like, I don't know. It just feels like not as uh, uh, cloudy as it was before. You know what I'm saying? It feels a little bit more like, oh, okay, that's what's happening here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this Comic-Con now more than I was. Just like I'm more excited for X-Men 97 as like the biggest X-Men fan ever. I'm already more excited for that show uh, even more now than I was too. So I think it's a lot on the plate and a lot that's about to get get explained here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to predict because we, we know so little. All we now know is that she she's essentially the first identifiable mutant in the MCU from the audience's perspective. And that question of whether or not they've been around will continue to persist until we get a, a little bit of additional clarity about that. What I am a little bit hesitant about, if I'm if I'm being honest, and, mm-hmm. and you, you it's sort of this thought and this idea was brought upon, you know, your idea about Comrade possibly being a part of the Brotherhood, which could be cool. I think that that, that I mean, there's definitely some uh, some leeway there, and there's some roadmap there that they could lean on that and leverage that, considering the fact mm-hmm. that he's. He seems angry, you know, obviously losing his mother, that's hurt him a lot. And he could be influenced by, you know, maybe a, a more powerful force, a more influential force and be impressionable mm-hmm. in that way. I just hope that, you know, now that Kamala has all of a sudden now become a mutant as opposed to an inhuman, as, in, as we saw in the comics. You know, at the end of the day, when we when, whenever we do get like more mutants and we start to see the team start to come for, to fruition, whenever that is. I, I do want a lot of those classic characters. You know, I do want a lot of those yeah. people that we mostly associate with X-Men or with the Brotherhood even. Exactly. And yes, we can absolutely throw in some new people. That's what that's what mutants have always been about in the comics. Like, they're literally their own race. There's thousands of them. So you can play with all sorts of new characters and new iterations of the mm-hmm. team. They've even done done that already with the Avengers in these movies. Like, a lot of people who've been a part of the Avengers, quote-unquote, like, weren't necessarily Avengers in the comics. So... Right. I'm not, you know, very strict about it, but, you know, let's not, I think, I think when, when, when introducing this team, this really iconic team that we have, you know, had in our lives for such a long time now, there's just certain people that we want to expect that we do want to see a part of it. And then maybe take some time with some other folks that you can slowly introduce, of course, over the, you know, the, the next few years. But that's just me again, thinking ahead, we'll have to ultimately see what that looks like. But man, Big, big, huge, shocking development that I don't think anybody saw coming again, just because of her comic origin, what they told us the show was. But now, all of a sudden, it's a mashup of Cree technology, possibly magic, different dimensions and mutations like that's actually wild. 
to say out loud because theoretically it's hard to explain, but I think you said it very aptly. It actually makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. considering her family lineage and then also the age that she's at. They surprisingly were able to make something that's really complicated kind of makes sense. sense. You know, I think if if you just track it and maybe as we watch this as like a single experience and binge it, it'll all seem so clear at that point. And I can't wait to do that and experience the show in that way as well. But we have to talk about the post credit scene as well. Speaking Got of Cree, because as suspected, not confirmed, but as suspected, we do ultimately see Captain Marvel herself, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, pop up in the show, the one and only Brie Larson, in a very, very weird way that that leaves a lot of questions, more questions than answers, I would say. We see Kamala in her bedroom. She's like avoiding her homework. She relaxes on her bed her mom is yelling at her like make sure you do your home- homework and the bangle starts to activate again we see the power starting to illuminate again and then out of nowhere she gets completely just taken away almost out of the frame crashes through her closet but she doesn't come out on the other side of the closet carol danvers comes out on the other side of the closet noticeably without the bangle on her arm and she looks around she sees all these posters of her all this artwork of her so she's just like Oh, no, 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 no. Very strange, very confused, like I think we are as an audience. What happened here? Did they swap bodies? Is Kamala <laughs> now as Carol Danvers? Like they, they've, you know, sort of swapped, I don't know, consciousness or just, you know, they're in different places now. Like what, what is happening here? Because they don't directly tell us. And we also know that this is going to presumably lead to the Marvels because we do get that in that in title card that says she'll return. But what's going on here in this moment? Yeah, man, it's a uh, all we can do is theorize <laughs> until it actually happens. Um, and so, you know, in the comics, before Captain Marvel, there was Marvel, and Marvel eventually comes into contact with the Nega Bands, a Kree wrist <laughs> weapon thing that allows him to go in and out of the the negative zone. And so, I think this is a version of that um, where uh, uh, the the wielder swaps with another person what what's interesting about this is i think in the comics the other person had to have the other band or something i don't know how it worked specifically and we can see cl- clearly here that carol danvers does not have the band so i'm, I'm wondering what in which ways did they change this uh we we know very much at this point it's like no nah, these are very cree bands because it wouldn't just be captain marvel for no reason it's very much cree bands but what what the science is to it i'm very curious myself when they swapped I wonder if now Kamala's in the middle of some Kree scroll war in the middle of the galaxy or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, what happened to her? Or is she in the negative zone or something where, you know, where the where we seen um, um, her visions happen in like those first couple episodes and she's going back and forth? Is she in that zone now? I don't know. But what I love so much about this is this, just like we said about the mutant stuff, to me, makes this uh uh almost a must watch because this is the the first mcu show where i think at the beginning of the marvels this is how the movie starts it's probably going to start from carol danvers point of view and she she's going to be like how the hell did i get in this bedroom full of posters of myself and i love that about it it's like oh shit like she's in a whole completely different place than she was before and now she has to figure out what the hell's going on and so um i think it's really interesting man it's a very very interesting way to leave it um this is another costume that i actually love 
regardless how you know we all feel about Captain Marvel, I actually always have loved her suits. I think they do a good job on those suits too. Um, personally, I think they look really good, and this suit that she has here also looks really good to me. Um, and 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 I, I'm, I'm shoot now I'm looking at the Marvels like damn I can't wait to see these costumes, especially Spectrum and Photon. I think they're gonna really kill it um, in the in the costume department. But again, I I actually love this scene because it just feels like the most connected we've gotten almost out of this entire phase. To be honest, it's like oh shit. This is a direct tie-in in how the the movie is probably going to start exactly like this. And so, again, for that reason, I, I absolutely love it. And probably the first time that Carol Denvers makes an entrance, and I'm really excited to see her. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I wasn't excited to see her other times. I was like, okay, Captain Marvel's here. But this time, I'm like, oh, shit, Captain Marvel's here. Like, it's a difference in tone when I say it now. And so, I thought it was a really cool way to uh, end the TV show. Yeah, I think that uh, we have not had that direct tie-in and this is kind of a weird callback to what i think phase one phase two post-credit scenes used to feel like even phase three where those post-credit scenes not always really not even half the time but a good amount of the time there would be sort of a direct lead-in to whatever the next movie was going to be or at least maybe two movies away you know there, there's definitely several examples of that i think it I think about like the end of Ant-Man, you know, that post-credit scene that directly set up Civil War and we knew Ant-Man was going to be in Civil War. And that was those two films were more closely connected than I think appeared on the surface. And this this seems like more of a callback to what we used to get out of post-credit scenes not that long ago, even Uh, Mm. now. Now we're more used to seeing characters, new characters pop up, played by unannounced actors. And we're just left to speculate like, oh, I guess we're going to see them in five years when they get around to making that movie. <laughs> right. um, but no, that's not the case here. We always knew that Kamala Khan was going to appear in the Marvels. That was confirmed a long time ago. And they, again, they don't withhold that from us. They don't make us guess how they're going to set it up. I think it's a very clear setup. And if I had to take a guess, I do think that it's just simple position switching. Kamala is now wherever Carol was, and Carol is you know now in the place that Kamala was in her bedroom, and that's going to lead us into that next adventure because, like you said, the movie might start off with Kamala, and we see her wherever she is, whether it's yeah. Negative Zone or somewhere in space on a different planet, right in the middle of a war. I don't know, but I think we're going to probably start off from her perspective. Yep. And it also directly kind of sets up the fact that, like, yeah, Carol's back on Earth now, which we know she doesn't come to Earth that often, which could lead to that direct interaction that she'll inevitably have with Monica Rambeau, you know, because we know that Mm. they'll have to cross paths at some point, too. So she might lean on that character in particular to go find out more information. Did Monica go to space? At the end of one, we didn't see her go to space. They implied oh, okay. it. They yeah. implied it that she but would, know. but okay. we don't know exactly. Or she about to hit up Agent Cleary. <laughs> that too, yeah, that too, right? She could call Cleary and see like what's going on. Or Monica could have could have gone to space and came back. You know, we don't. Ah, true. It's been it's been a Weird long time. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we don't know what the what the exact you know lapse in time is between WandaVision and this. But yeah, the possibilities are all there. You know, I think that it it, it sets up a really exciting prospect for what the marvels could be and yes this raised my excitement for that movie for a movie mm-hmm. that i was mildly excited about i was like oh yeah it should be fine but now i'm actually like oh this this could really be something i think i'm really really looking forward to that we'll have to see it in about a year here so we're still a ways off but it will be coming for sure but that being said that's the end of the season finale of miss marvel but uh just quickly here i think before we officially close out miss marvel as the latest entry in the mcu just want to quickly spend some time wrapping this up and get your final thoughts about the series as a whole how do you think it performed 
what do you think it, it, it what do you think it did in terms of uh setting up this character and what the future might hold for her obviously with these bigger implications at play and then just you know lastly where, where would it rank you know amongst the mcu phase four tv series that we've gotten thus far yeah man un- un- unfortunately this series didn't have any compelling villains to kind of i think drive the story all the way home for me um in a meaningful way but what it did bring to the table was a a, a fresh uh fresh face first and foremost but even a, a fresh feel um into this young uh, into bringing this young character into the mcu in a kamala khan man it, it took this 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 teenage pakistani muslim um girl who's coming of age and it it, it threw uh, uh, it threw love at her. It threw school at her. It threw responsibilities at her, but over, it, but overall, it threw um, um, greater responsibility at her. Not to again go, call back to the the Spider Man of it all, but it did. It threw a, it threw a lot of things at her um, in terms of her now becoming um, a superhero in the MCU. And and I love how again the beginning of the show gave us a lot of that community and into the ground uh, uh, things that I was looking for, and it. By that way, I think it, it as kitty as it is, that's one of the things that made the the Netflix series so great coming out of the MCU was how grounded it was. Daredevil wasn't out here in space and you know what I'm saying? That boy was also out here in the in the in the darkness and again feet to the ground doing what he had to do and so i love that about this how we're we're just at a community in jersey you know what i mean there's nothing too too big of a scope at least initially that we had it unfortunately does get a little muddled in, in in the middle when we start going calling back to the past and and time just starts to get away from us in this TV show and and villains start to not make any sense anymore and and things get lost in translation I think but I think overall again this episode I think wrapped up in a lot of different ways and, and gave us what was clearly a a direct tie-in into the future of the MCU and I think that that makes this this show so much more important but I loved the energy it brought um, that was different from the other MCU's shows. And overall, man, I can't sing Amon Bellani's praises enough, man. I really think they hit the nail on the head with this one. I think she is amazing and exceptional. I think she has a tremendous future, um, shoot, in the MCU. And hopefully, again, this being like her first thing she's ever done, I'm curious if she like is going to really love acting after this. You know what I mean? Right now, I feel like she's playing herself and she's very much going to enjoy her time in the MCU. But just curious on on, on what she decides to do in the future. But, uh, uh, man, I think this was a, at the end of the day, it was a, 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 a maybe a good show, not a great show. Um, and where it fits for, for MCU series, um, man, it's it's top three for me for sure. It's it's definitely is, is between... Um, Loki, WandaVision, and this, it fits in the top three with Moon Knight, Hawkeye, and Falcon and Winter Soldier being at the bottom half. Uh, where it fits between Loki and WandaVision, man, it's it's knocking on the door because of the implications that this has. I think I need to sit with it a little bit more, but it's knocking on the door of being there with Loki, um, if not a, a little bit higher. We'll have to see. Because we haven't seen the implications from Loki, it's hard for me right now to keep it in its spot because I – and then initially when when we were rating loki on this show i was like oh shit it's about to go down loki is at the top now i don't know it, it's feeling just a, it has a little bit less gravity to it because we haven't seen those effects maybe when ant-man quantumania comes out 
it remains like, oh shit, you did. Loki did his thing. You know what I mean? But right now, it's looking like Miss Marvel is is just the show that is actually propelling the MCU in a very uh visual standpoint. Like we know that this means something, <laughs> you know, moving forward, and that we'll see see the uh the 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 ramifications later on down the line. So right now, just because um I, I need to sit with a little more, I'm gonna put it in between Loki and Wandavision. Loki being one still, just because the way that that show was just really cool. Uh, <laughs> and and Miss, I'm gonna keep Miss Marvel at two and Wandavision in my third spot. Absolutely. Well, I think that this show, by and large, was incredibly successful, if I'm being honest about it. Yes, it absolutely, for me, fumbled a lot in that fifth episode that we talked about last week. But the four preceding episodes were all fantastic, you know, and I, I liked all of them and in, in, in everything that they were doing. The first two were just exceptional. Three was also really great. Four was a good episode. And then five, I had a lot of issues with. And then they came back to six and, and rounded it out in, in a way that was compelling enough and i think satisfying mm -hmm. enough within the context of what they have with six episodes of course wanted more of course wanted to have a little bit more time and opportunity with these people but i think that they did about as well as you could do in this six episode format that that, that they've showcased how well this character was integrated into the mcu i just absolutely adore how yeah. this person, this young teenager, is in this coming-of-age story and along the way is really learning about her family history and learning about her identity while also looking up to these superheroes and really having that perspective of what we are as like fans, how we look up to these characters so much and we adore them and we talk about them and we 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 communicate you know our feelings and adoration about them. I think all of that stuff is just so relatable, even though she is younger than us in particular. And so that stuff just really stuck out to me. In addition to that, I do just want to go back to the historical implications and importance of this show as it mm -hmm. as it pertains to pakistani and muslim representation this yeah. is really the first time we've ever ever seen this in the mcu and i think that they did a fantastic job at that stuff they just incredible all around what they did with costumes what they did with music the music in this show was extraordinary i, I love i downloaded Agreed. literally every song that i heard i was using my damn app to make sure that i could mm -hmm. like capture the songs to to get that stuff and just all the historical stuff you know i think that one thing that I heard that was really interesting, and, and you know, this is not my idea. I did I definitely heard it from somebody else. I can't remember who it was though. But somebody had said that this show did for partition what HBO's Watchmen did for Tulsa. And I think that that is so oh well my. said wow. because we're talking about two historical events that never got the proper acknowledgement and never the proper spotlight that they should have, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to educating people, educating audiences that fall outside of the demographics affected by those incidents. People just didn't really know about this stuff. You know, a lot yeah. of folks never knew about Tulsa. There were even black people that didn't know about Tulsa mm -hmm. and, the, and the horrors of that. I did not really know about partition. I had only heard about it because I saw like the Gandhi movie a long, long time ago where it's, it's all about that. That's really the only reason I knew about it. But I didn't know the, the details and the effects of it and what it truly meant for all the people of the country of India at that particular time. And what this show did in terms of integrating that into the story, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Yes, there were some things that I would have fixed in terms of time allotment and how much time we spent with particular characters from that era in the previous episode. But the fact that they spent so much time sort of unpacking that information and making that historical event so prevalent and so important for our current day characters 
I thought that that was just like phenomenally done across the board. And just the executives and the and the talent and the creative team behind this, man, I felt like everybody was firing on all cylinders. All of the performances were great. Nobody was a letdown from my perspective. Like even people that we didn't get enough time with, even characters that weren't serviced in the best way, I think from a performance level, everybody stepped up with definite exception being made for the parents and the family and her inner circle of friends. All of those actors that were a part of this were just... They were, they were phenomenal, you know, and I, I can't wait to see more of them. I can't wait to see how they're integrated into the MCU and future stories. And hopefully we do get more seasons of Miss Marvel because I think that there's just so much more to tell mm-hmm. with this character within the MCU. And I just can't wait to see those future adventures. For me, all of that said, I got to be honest, I think that this is the best show that they've done. Again, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the highest bar in the world. A lot of these <laughs> have been very average efforts. Low-key has been my favorite thus far. But when looking at it from an isolated perspective, because we can only speculate about the future, we don't know how impactful this stuff will truly be. If I'm just taking it for what it is, I think Miss Marvel, over the course of all six episodes, was even more consistent than Loki, because Loki Mm -hmm. also had an episode, episode three, I think it was, Lamentis, that I just didn't really like. It felt Mm -hmm. like it did nothing for those characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, all of these these shows have had peaks and valleys you know they've certainly had their moments where they they are exceptional and they've had moments where it's like uh you probably could have done more there but i think on a consistency basis this is this is probably their best effort and that's why you know it's at my number one spot at this point but we'll have to see what this all might mean you know for the future of this character and for the future of this whole mcu experiment on disney plus but that being said those are all of our official thoughts about miss marvel especially the season finale and the entire series as a a whole so if you've seen the show definitely hit us up and let us know what you think about it and that being said that's all we have for this episode of two black nerds thank you again as always for tuning into another podcast we will not be back next week we are taking (laughs) a week break because boy we've been pumping out a lot of episodes for y'all 16 episodes in five weeks i just want y'all to go back and count 16 different podcasts in five weeks it's actually kind of crazy we've been on a tear lately so we're going to take a little bit of a break come back regroup and then we'll be back right on this in two weeks when we got to talk about jordan peele's nope and we also have to talk about the gray man starring chris evans and ryan gosling so there's no shortage of big movies that will be coming out in the next few weeks but going to take off a little bit of time next week and then we'll return in two weeks so we'll see y'all then and until the next time definitely tune into the next episode of two black nerds with that being said y'all we're audi 5000 Please check out our Nerds of Thunder collection at 2BlackNerds.com. This is the year 2022 Black Nerds. And remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of 2 Black Nerds. Where we're too black, too nerdy. And we out, y'all. Peace. Peace.